All right, coming up to 10 o'clock in the Kevin Carey Show with our Tuesday morning co-host, uh, Grant Fear. We're going to bring in um, an old teammate of his, Norm Lacombe, in a minute or two. Um, again, Grant, uh, we're bringing all these uh, teammates. Last week, I think you had a blast with Kelly Rudy and, and uh, Charlie Huddy, kind of reminiscing. What's it kind of been like to take that little trip for you? Well, you know what? It's always fun to catch up with the guys. I mean, it's one of those things that you wish you could do it more, but when you do get the opportunity, it's fun to take advantage of and catch up, see how everybody's doing, have mm-hmm. a few laughs. You know, we had a lot of comments with Kelly because you guys go back a long ways. And then even uh, just to touch on the, the Wayne Gretzky friendship tour in 1994, something I think, I, I know, I kind of forgot about it. You know, I, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't at the top of the list for you uh, when you were thinking about your times with Kelly. But, uh, man, it was just neat to hear those kind of stories from way back then. You know what? We've had a lot of fun over the years and a lot of times you've had different opportunities, different entertainment that you forget about it sometimes. And then something will come across your mind and it'll bring back some good memories and it kind of mm-hmm. makes your day. Yeah. It, it, it just triggers it. Right. So, I, I mean, when's the last time you thought about that 94 friendship tour? I had somebody bring it up to me in an autograph show about three months ago. And I, up until that point, I'd actually forgotten. Mm-hmm. It's not something that races across your head. And it just brought back a lot of good memories. Uh, did you know that Norm uh, Lacombe was doing a lot of stuff in, in Czech Republic? I did not. Okay. Well, we're going to discuss that with Norm when he comes on here right away. But yeah, he's been going over. I saw Norm. The last time I saw him was, uh, well, here's a funny story again. This is, again, something triggers. It was at... Um, Stony Plain Rink, I went and I watched a game with Glenn Hall with uh, his son, Pat. And so Glenn's great-grandson, who was playing a AAA midget game two years ago, I think it was now. So we sat, or maybe it was last year, we just sat in the stands. But Norm was at the game. So it's funny how things all intertwine. Have we got uh, Norm Duke? Yeah. So let's uh, bring in your old buddy, uh, Norm Lacombe. Uh, Norm, how's it going, big guy? Hey, I'm good. Kevin, how are you? Well, I'm doing great, but uh, more importantly, you get to talk to an old teammate and good friend, Grant Fuhr. Well, that's been a while. How you doing? I'm good, Normie. You? I am good. I am good. When's the last oh, time good. you guys kind of talked, Norm? Well, it's been a while. It's been it, a while. It's been a few years. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> so long, yes. <laughs> Well, Norm, I was telling um, Grant about your, your little trip to, to the Czech. Uh, just got back. What was it all about? Yeah. And kind of explain to our listeners and Grant, who's kind of uh, didn't know a whole lot about it, but just kind of explain what this little trip of yours was all about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I, there, I mean, this is all from, you know, my world of, strength conditioning training all these Czech nhl guys and you know we all got old and one retired bought a pro team in Czech, chechia sorry uh i went so you know what i went there it was time for life change and i went there for four years full-time work with the club and in 2012 and uh, i fell in love with the country and then i started doing these hockey trips bringing young kids and their families and trip of a lifetime we so we go for two three weeks and expose them to how they train obviously my life is training so i like to do that 
have their coaches run it, and then we play games, travel. So, you know, I'm a one-man show. We just like seeing tours. and uh, There you go. That's the trip. Uh, and uh, we, we, I do it in August yeah. and in the spring. So this was the August trip. And uh, great, great trip. It was, and then we, I think I mentioned to you yesterday, and then I, I spend now, once you're there, it's, it's easy to go places to relax. So I went to Croatia with, hmm. with some, uh, my friend and my, my kid, two of my kids came. So great time. Just got back. Yeah. How many kids and families would you take over? Well, they're all the, I'm a grandpa now. They're all, they're all, oh, sorry, sorry, with the, with the, the hockey trip, I thought you meant my kids. Uh, I took, no, I know, you, I know you're old because I'm old. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I take 50 people. I take uh, two teams, like a younger uh, U11 and then a U15 team. And um, yeah, so it's uh, a lot of work. My, 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 I bring my boy comes and Sometimes my daughter to help me. Uh, I've had the guide there. When I was there, I had a full-time interpreter. He's a hockey coach there, so I hire him to uh, to help. And yeah, it's uh, a lot of fun. I don't know if you've ever been in that part of the world, but it's a beautiful country. Beautiful. It's been a long time since I was over there. It was still Czechoslovakia when I was over there. So that tells you how long ago it was. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. <laughs> I was there back then too, yes. That's a while ago, yes. Oh, yeah. So I got a question, I got a question for you. How different is yeah. the training between North America and there? Uh, I mean, what, I mean, you would know, Grand the people don't understand how few kids play hockey there and it's uh it's a small country and what how they do it it's like no different than a soccer program in europe it's a full-on hockey academy all year round the pro team owns all the younger team you know there's a one junior team one midget one bantam all the way down and it's all former pro guys that coach it's a full-on paid position and uh, they, I mean, what they do different, I mean, they do lots of skill, lots of pride. I mean, we do that here now. I mean, obviously the hockey training has changed, but it's, uh, you know what, they do it well. They do it well, i got to admit. they uh, What they do, you know, on the ice is they don't play many games, that's for sure. I mean, here they still do. There they it's practice every day and focus on skill and maybe one or two games on the weekend and it's all year right all the kids move up together and they might change the odd uh, kid throughout the program mm-hmm. uh, throughout the years and uh, so that's uh, yeah quite really neat I really enjoyed it I mean it's just, you know same I mean. Obviously, you know, I have, I have seen lots of hockey, but they, there's always different ways to teach skills. And, you know, they have their own way. And we have our own ways, right? So, Norm Lacombe's our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with co-host Grant Fear. Norm, how how much did you train Grant back in the day? How? how, how <laughs> hey? <laughs> you know, we were, we were roommates for a bit. And I, I 
I think he got tired of me doing push-ups and chin-ups in the room. He says, I want to just... <laughs> Normie was getting in shape for both of us. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> But nope, it was it was way different, yeah. Grant, sorry. yeah. Um, <laughs> it was. I mean, but you said earlier too, Grant, that probably Norm was the best conditioned guy on the team, maybe in the league at the time. Oh, no question. I mean, I think going to my memory serves me right. He may be one of the best conditioned players that I've ever played with. Yeah, back then, well, nobody. I was the exception. Doing strength training and conditioning, coming to camp was uh, usually you come to camp, you get in shape. I remember guys looking at me sideways like, well, what did you do this summer while well, I train? And they're like, why? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things such certainly changed, yes, that way. So, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, text line in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. This comes in from X-Ray Goggs. Great show. Love hearing Grant Fear and Norm on at the same time. Thanks for making that happen. So thanks to both of you again. Uh, Norm, Did when you came to camp back, you know, in the 80s, did, could you tell that you were way ahead of the other players in camp? Was it not well, noticeable? It, it certainly, I mean, with the style I played, certainly gave me an advantage. Uh, uh, yes, the answer is yes, absolutely, 100%. And uh, certainly, I didn't. Uh, I learned a lot of it on my own, and the training. And it's I didn't do hockey specific training. I did too much weights at the beginning, and uh, learned uh, you know what you needed. And uh, so I had to adjust it. Uh, remember my first pro camp, and it's in Buffalo. My God, I, I they didn't do many tests there, but I'm like. They were doing push-ups, and us. they were telling me, okay, well, just, okay, you're done, stop. <laughs> you can stop. <laughs> and then it's like, then we got on the bike, and I, you know, I couldn't, I had no cardio. So I wasn't allowed to touch a weight. They would put me on the bike every day until I got cardio up. And, you know, oh. so I learned quickly, obviously. That's uh, what works better. Go ahead, Grant. Oh, no, those were the fun days when you got to camp. People don't realize back then camp lasted for two and a half, three weeks. Oh, so, yeah. and the first seven, eight days were two a days. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I remember late <laughs> classes with Scotty Bowman in Buffalo. Yeah, two a day and run around the lake. And oh, God, yes, that was uh, <laughs> not fun. <laughs> oh. Furzy, it's almost like you and I are out of breath listening to this. I was out of breath back then. There was no question about that. Oh, uh, Grant Fuhrer, our co-host on Kevin Carey Show, every Tuesday, 9 to 11 on Sports 1440. Our guest is uh, Norm Lacombe, former NHLer, um, teammate of Grant's. Uh, so, Norm, when you transitioned out of hockey, you still stayed into the training and, and everything like that. How was that transition, and then how did you kind of help athletes in particular, hockey guys moving forward. I was just, yeah, it was a natural fit for me. I just, my passion, loved it. So I obviously, I just started. Uh, I mean, I had to retire, unfortunately, some some leg injuries, and uh, I wasn't ready to. And I, 
I yeah, started helping a few buddies, pro guys, and uh, I just trained with them in the summer. And then back then, nobody really did hockey training. Uh, just, you know, talking about 95, 96, starting uh, 1990. And then so it just evolved to, you know, getting calls. Hey, would you try and train my kid, plays junior? And it just evolved, evolved. And then opened the training center for – you know, a good 15 years. Uh, that's how it started, yeah. Do you still train with the kids? I, you know, probably will till I die, but I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't have a place anymore. I got a full setup at home in the country, and I, uh, I still pick and choose who I, you know, I'll pick and choose who I, will, I help with. I do less of it, but I still do it. So I, yeah, unfortunately, the body is, uh, yeah, is. Uh, I'm actually waiting. I'm going to see the surgeon next week for a knee replacement. Mm. So legs is a little tough every now. So, so uh, upper no, body, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Norm, you say you got a training place out in the country. I'm sure all our listeners, and the first thing that came to my mind is something like from Rocky Four when Rocky went to the mountains of Russia. That's right. Yes. Is that what it's like for you out in the country? Is that what the, the kids are into there? Absolutely. It's in the garage, big garage, open the garage door, you know, got the barbecue outside. And <laughs> yes. You're, haul, you're, you're pulling the horses out in the wintertime. You're pulling them out of the snow. You got the, the wheelbarrow full of rocks and everything. There's some, yeah, there's a few things, a few big tires, a few <laughs> training accessories that are different, yes. Oh, Absolutely, man. you got to have some fun doing it. Uh, Grant, can you share a story with Norm back in the day when he was your teammate? And, and Norm, if you can kind of piggyback Grant and just talk about a little bit about your relationship when you guys were with the Oilers. Absolutely. Oh, I got a funny one, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Normie. Sorry, because it just happened yesterday. My boy, <laughs> oh God, he turned uh, 25, his birthday yesterday. He goes, Dad, look, I got an old, uh, he shows me some old clips. And so when we played uh, in 88 against Calgary, and I, for some reason, I started the game with mess. <laughs> and uh, I forget who's on the left side. I don't know why I was playing with mess. But anyway, started the game, and then I, back check you know 100 miles an hour and, and i knock i forget who it was calgary player right over you right <laughs> on top of you and i'm looking down and you're laying down and i'm like oh my god please get up <laughs> i think that was my last shift <laughs> but you got up so there you go that was good <laughs> Yeah, back then we got run over a lot, so... Oh, that's right, yes. yes. But not hey, by you your were, own teammate. You were one of the few guys that back-checked. That was new and exciting. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I don't think I was allowed to go across the blue line. <laughs> offensive blue line. <laughs> yes. Uh, too funny. <laughs> go ahead, Grant. Share yours. Oh, no. I just remember oh. the fun we used to have right. in practice. Yeah. Having a bunch of little games and such, and trying to torment as many people as I could. Wasn't that true, eh? We used to play lots of coaching now. I help, you know, I still, I'll, I'll coach and help. I love it and, and play these games. Now it's so much structure. God, you play these little games. <laughs> I'm like, oh, when, this is fun. I'm going, yeah, hockey should be fun. But yeah. yeah it, we got great work out of it, great skill work in oh. a close area. But you had fun doing it. 
Absolutely. No, that is, uh, I think people forget about that part. They get too, uh, yeah, structured and about development and, you know, that's such a good part of development. These little games and having fun and yes, absolutely. So Norm, you're going to have another trip over to check in the spring then? To organize, how's that come about? And just to Absolutely. touch on yeah, that. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just preparing them right now. The one in August, for sure. The kids, actually, you know, I'm, I'm doing a unique trip in May. The World Championships are in Prague, actually. Mm. So it's, uh, there you go. Whoever wants to come, I set up. It's a nine-day trip. This is not a hockey, you know, we're going there to play hockey. It's more come visit Beautiful check, and uh, we like, we're gonna watch three round robin games. Uh, yeah, mid May. So there you go. Canada's playing in uh, in Chechia in mid May. So that's very. So I'm just putting that together. So that'll be fun. I, I think. City. Yeah, good stuff. Phenomenal city to go see too. Yeah, I, I think oh. uh, Norm, we're gonna have to get you on on a Thursday as well with Ladislav Schmid, our co-host on Thursdays. You guys can just. I'm sure. Hey, I, I speak a little Czech. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's La- a good one. But yeah. Okay. Laddie's like Teak now. With, it's like not Teakanese, this is Czechanese or whatever. So. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. So, hey, thanks. Language. Thanks for. God, it's a tough language. For it sure. is, yeah. Thank, thanks for doing this, Norm. Um, really appreciate it. And again, I think we'll have you on with Laddie in the, in the future. And I'm sure you guys enjoyed kind of reminiscing about old times. Absolutely, that'd be great. Thank you, and good. I'm glad to see you got a new uh, new show and good stuff. Good luck. Hey, good luck with the knees. They're not that bad. I've replaced yeah. both of them so far. Did you get Did you get yours done, or <laughs> I've had both done. So uh, really, oh, oh yeah, the, re- the rehab's even not that bad. Well, I'm actually scared. My God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my my discussion, i make this quick, with the, with the surgeon was, okay, expectations for you are going to be a little different. What do you think you can do after? And I'm like, uh, well, can I lift? Can I do this? He's like, okay, sit down. You've got to relax here. But uh, it was, yeah. But, I mean, I can't wait for the... Uh, the no pain. Oh, that is... Uh, that's it's a novel concept, yeah. that no pain thing. Oh my God! That's uh, yeah. And yes, that's you can right. still you can still lift with the new knees. Oh, well, that's this... what I heard. You gotta be careful, but yeah, I'm just go lighter. But big deal. <laughs> uh, classic Norm. That's great. Uh, well, thanks for this, uh, Norm. We'll we'll hook up with you in the next little bit. Thanks for this, big guy. Sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> that's Take a, care, Normie. Warm Royal yeah. Norm. Look, if you're ever sitting around talking like you think you're just having a, a beer talking around the table, that was it right there with uh, Norm Lacombe. When we come back, we'll check in with uh, Jeff Fletcher, Orange County Register. It's Kevin Carey's show with co-host Grant Veer on Sports 1440. Welcome back to the big program, 1021 in the Capital Region. Uh, time to talk a little bit of baseball. Toronto Blue Jays uh, had yesterday off uh, in New York tonight to take on the Yankees. Blue Jays are in the number two position when it comes to the AOL card ahead of both Seattle and Texas. And those two teams are going to basically cannibalize each other moving forward. I think they play each other, I think seven times in the last uh, dozen, dozen games here or so. Uh, Let's bring in uh, Jeff Fletcher, Orange County register uh, following the show. Hey, Otani uh, situation. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the show. You got Kevin carries and how's a, a hockey hall of famer. Grant Fuhrer, to join us in on the conversation. How's that sound? 
It sounds pretty good. I remember watching him when I was a kid. Where Where did you watch him? What do you remember? Uh, well, let's see. I grew up in Ohio, and okay. I played hockey uh, when I was a kid. And uh, I just remember watching those Oilers teams in the finals. and uh, So it was pretty cool. Grant, again, we all the, the guys we've been talking to, we had uh, uh, Carmen DeFalco from Chicago on. Now we got uh, Jeff Fletcher. And, man, these guys just remember uh, you guys playing in the, in the 80s. It's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, it's making me feel old almost. <laughs> Every, everybody's growing up watching me. Jeff, did you did you play hockey? Then you said so. Where did you uh, where did you play in Ohio? Yeah, in uh, Southern Ohio, a town called Athens. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just I grew up. I played hockey from when I was about eight to through high school. What was it like there to play? I mean, obviously, was it? Uh, did you have a lot of teams or a lot of players? What was it like there? Uh, well, we had to usually go about an hour and a half to find a game to play so it was not like in canada but uh it was uh it was definitely not as uh, as big where i grew up as mm-hmm. in some other parts of the u.s you know minnesota or massachusetts places like that but uh there were definitely teams throughout the state mm, good stuff jeff fletcher orange county register on the kevin carey show with grant fear so jeff where can you um put us uh, what can you update uh, regarding shohei otani and the la angels well, right now he's done for the season. He had, uh, of course, he uh, tore the UCL ligament in his elbow when he was pitching about uh, four weeks ago, and so we knew he wasn't going to pitch again. He was going to need some kind of procedure on his elbow uh, that was probably going to prevent him from pitching till 2025, most likely. But he was still playing as a hitter up until about uh, two weeks ago, and then he injured his oblique, and he kind of kept waiting for it to get better he kept thinking he was a day or two away and the day or two just never came and they finally checked him out again and and said it's just not getting better so uh that's it for the season so he's done he's done playing for the angels this year uh we still don't know what's going to happen you know when he comes to free agency i still think there's a chance that he does resign with the angels but uh probably not so uh then it's going to be off to the uh, free agency and Five hundred million dollars or so from uh, from somebody. Grant, so ahead. on that on that note, in the free agency and such, in your opinion, was it a good idea to keep him and try and ride out the year, or should the Angels have moved him at the deadline? Well, I mean, if you look at it from a pure baseball perspective, uh, it probably wasn't because they were, you know, although they were. <clears throat> They were not too far out. They were three games out at the time, and that's, you know, sort of close enough. But they had some problems, and there were some teams ahead of them, and they could have gotten a huge haul of talent uh, to get them back. But if you look at it from a business perspective, I mean, Shohei Otani is huge business, and the Angels still want to keep him in the long term. And if they traded him, that pretty much eliminates the chance of keeping him. So you're sort of giving up the chance of having the next 10 years of this cash cow and so many people love him, and, uh, you know, when you combine that with the fact that, the, you know, as I said, they were only three games out, so it wasn't like they were totally hopeless. Uh, you know, I think that that's, that's the reason that they did what they did. Jeff Fletcher, Orange County Register. Um, how much is everything Shohei Otani does in the next little bit and the future with him as an angel tied to Mike Trout? 
Um, I don't really think it is at all. Okay. I, mean, I don't think Mike Trout's going anywhere. So uh, I think that you know Otani's going to do whatever he's going to do, based pretty much on his own decision. Uh, I think that everybody knows Mike Trout is staying. You know the age he is, and the injuries he's had, and the contract he's got. I don't really think they could trade him even if they wanted to, and I don't think that Mike Trout wants to be traded. So, I, I think I meant because uh, Mike Trout's there, because Mike is, you know, there. I think, you know, I, that's kind of my how I was phrasing that. So how much is because oh. Mike Trout's staying there and will be there and they're friends and how much, I mean, Trout's been an influence on trying to get him to sign long-term, et cetera, et cetera. So how, how in that in that faction, how's that so? Uh, you know, I, probably, I still don't think it probably makes too much okay. difference. I think that, Everybody loves Otani, and everybody wants him to to play wherever they are. So I think it's still just going to be up to him to stay. Uh, I think Otani's more interested in being on a winning team than just being Mike Trout's teammate. Okay. So I think that the what's going to convince him to stay is if he believes young players like Logan Ohapi and Zach Neto and Ben Joyce and Reed Detmers and Patrick Sandoval and all those guys are going to be good going forward. I think is more important to him than than having Mike Trout on his team. Okay, from a fan base in Orange County now, you've got the Angels that are <clears throat> going to be kind of rebuilding. You've got the Ducks that are definitely in a rebuild. How's the fan base's whole taking that? Well, first of all, I don't think the Angels are going to really rebuild as in, you know, take some years off and just not try to be good because they do have Mike Trout, so they're not really going to just sacrifice more years of his career. And their owner, Arnie Moreno, has just no interest in you know, intentionally not having a good team. I mean, they're going to try to have a good team. I don't know if it's going to work, but they're definitely going to try. They're not going to do what the Ducks did. So, uh, But the fans are very frustrated with the way that it's worked. You know, they haven't won in a long time. And, uh, you know, I think that they've, they're have they tied uh, with the Tigers for the most consecutive seasons of missing the playoffs. And that's just not good when you've had these two guys on your team. So... Uh, it's it's been very very frustrating for all the fans, uh, for sure. Who else would the uh, Angels have coming uh, down the pipe? Uh, Shanuel uh, got called up. Uh, has, you know, he had a really good string of, uh, of games on base there for a while. Uh, but who else is kind of in the pipeline that would say, you know what, uh, Otani's going to go? There are some players coming. If we can add a couple pieces, I'm going to stick around. Well, they don't really have. Uh, any real super prospects that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a lot of guys who just made their debuts this year uh, or at the very end of last year that I think are kind of the young core. Um, you know, guys like Sam Bachman, Ben Joyce, uh, you mentioned Sean Well, uh, Neto, Ohapi, uh, Mickey Moniak, who's a little bit older than, than those mm-hmm. guys. He was the number one overall pick of the Phillies uh, a few years ago and just never really made it in Philadelphia, and now he's had a pretty decent year with the Angels. Uh, they have Joe Adele, who was a guy that was one of the top five prospects in baseball, and uh, he's kind of not gotten off to the start he would like in his career, but he's still only 24 years old. So uh, these kind of guys, and, and Patrick Sandoval, Reed Detmers, Griffin Canning, uh, Chase Silseth is a pitcher that, that's shown some promise. These are the kind of guys that are going to need to show something and, and take steps forward. And not just one or two of them, like six or seven of them. And uh, if that happens, then they have a chance to be good. And if Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon can stay healthy, they have a chance to be good. Yeah, Rendon's but, just uh, been... You know, it hasn't happened. Yeah. I mean, Rendon, that's got to be one of the worst contracts going. 
Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He has he not played, and uh, it's just, you know, the most important uh, uh, general manager once told me the most important stat is uh, <laughs> games played. Yeah. If you don't play, it doesn't matter how good you are. So, yeah. Nor uh, Jeff Fletcher is our guest on the uh, Kevin Carey show with uh, co-host uh, Grant Fuhr. Uh, uh, Jeff, I don't, I didn't even really know a whole lot about Grant Fuhr's baseball playing days, but he kind of told us a little earlier on the show that he was playing senior baseball in Edmonton while he was playing for the Oilers. Uh, it kind of caught me a little off guard. I knew that he had played some baseball, but not at the same time. So, uh, you, you've got a resident expert here that you're at your disposal. Well, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call man, that expert. Can I ask you a question, Grant? Yeah, most certainly. So I've uh, heard this. I always heard this growing up, that European goalies uh, were bad with their gloves because they never played baseball like the American and Canadian goalies. Hmm. Is that true, you think? Uh, you, know, you know what it is? Is they're taught to knock the puck down. They're not taught to catch the puck. I think that's okay. the biggest difference is kids, we're taught to catch the puck, and a lot of the kids play baseball. You don't knock a baseball down unless you're an infielder sometimes. You're taught yeah. to catch it. And it's kind of a lost art catching the puck. If you watch the bigger goalies nowadays, they still want to knock it down instead of catching it. All right. Good info. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, Jeff, if you were to handicap where Shohei Otani signs with the teams that are out there, we all know who has the money. Would you be able to kind of rank those or um, also throw in a, maybe a bit of a dark horse as well? Well, I'm asked this question all the time, and so I have a prepared answer, but I don't know if it's right because okay. Otani never really talks about it, so I'm sort of speculating. But uh, I think the Dodgers are the team that pretty much everybody assumes are the favorites just because from what we know about Otani, which is mostly circumstantial, the Dodgers seem to fit a lot of the boxes. You know, they're a winning team. They're not in kind of a, you know, New York, Boston media bubble, which I don't think he wants. And, uh, you know, they're uh, on the West Coast, which is obviously what he preferred the first time. So uh, that seems to be the most line. They have lots of money, obviously. So that seems to be kind of the number one choice. And then I still think I might put the Angels second, just mm. because we know he's comfortable there. And he uh, knows all the people there. And, you know, there's a lot of unknowns when you go somewhere else. And for a guy who's really regimented in his routine, you know, he might just not want to deal with that. And then a, a dark horse, uh, I might say the uh, the Seattle Mariners. Mm -hmm. I don't know how dark of a horse people would think because it's, it's not, like, terribly out of the box. But uh, I think that they also meet a lot of the uh, the other requirements that I mentioned with Dodgers. And they don't have as much money, but they're also not paying anybody else uh, that much right now. So they could pay him a ton. And mm -hmm. I think he would really enjoy kind of being under the radar and, you know, just about as far away as you can get from major media markets. So uh, I think that might be a good fit for him too. Hey, Grant, when you watch Shohei Otani, does he remind you of, um, if you can make a parallel to all the great players that you played with, um, just by watching, I guess, greatness on a, on a daily basis, uh, uh, what's that like for you? Because you had a front row seat. Uh, you know what? If you were to take it the last three years, you'd put him on a parallel with guys like Mess, Gretz, Mario. He does everything well. 
I mean, very rarely do you ever see a pitcher that hits as well as he does. And very well, do you ever see a hitter that can pitch? Mm-hmm. So the fact that he does both and is an everyday player and is a superstar at both, that's, that's a rarity that you don't see in sport anymore. And Jeff, what's it been like as a reporter covering a guy like this on a daily basis when you see the amazing things that he is capable of doing? I mean, it's pretty incredible. You just have to remind yourself not to take for granted how what he's doing is something that nobody's even attempted to do in 100 years. Uh, he's not just doing something that other players have done, but better, you know, which is, you know, which you take a guy like Aaron Judge's offensive season last year, you go, well, that was great, but it was, we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. We've not seen anybody do this before. You haven't seen like a guy play goalie for half the season and then go score. 30 goals the other half of the season. That's basically what he's doing. And uh, so I just try to uh, not take it for granted and realize how rare it is. And it's it's pretty incredible. It sure is. Uh, and uh, hopefully he can come back. And he wants to do both again. So hopefully he can come back and be the, the pitcher and the hitter. I mean, an amazing season for sure. So uh, thanks very much for this, uh, Jeff. Uh, appreciate your insight. Uh, just a quick one. Besides the obvious Atlanta and L.A., is there a, maybe a team that you think can uh, win the series this year? Uh, geez, I think the, uh, like the Braves you mentioned, they're, they're definitely the best team mm-hmm. going right now in the major leagues. Um, What about, do you think like if the, the Jays Phillies. get in? I like the Phillies a lot. Yeah, you like too. the Phillies? If, uh, if they can sneak by the Braves, I think they have a pretty solid all-around team, hmm. too, if you're looking for a sleeper. Okay, good stuff. Uh, thanks very much for this. Uh, we'll catch up with you in the future. Uh, enjoy the, the pennant races and, uh, and baseball playoffs. All right, thanks for having me. All right, that's Jeff Fletcher, Orange County Register. Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap things up with Grant Fear. We've got uh, uh, a bunch of texts coming in uh, talking about Norm's knees and everything. <laughs> Grant's knees, we'll probably talk about everyone's knees. Um, and uh, injuries, we were talking about that off the hop, Grant. If you can think some of the toughest, worst injuries, maybe you had something really bad as well. But, I mean, we were talking about Clint Malarchuk's one. This was all from last night with Nick Chubb as well. So uh, we'll wrap things up uh, on the big program, the Kevin Carey Show with Grant Fear on Sports 1440. All right, 10.38, welcome back to the big program. Chris Johnston reporting that Braden Shen has been unveiled as the 24th captain uh, in St. Louis Blues history. So a little note from St. Louis uh, as we uh, bring in our co-host on Tuesday's Grant Fuhrer. Texter writes in to Grant, did Grant play with Mel Bridgman in Victoria? Because I've heard legendary stories about Bridgman fighting and being the first, second, and third star of the game. Grant. Uh, you know what? I miss Mel by a year. Okay. He was he was there with uh, Archie Henderson, Kim Claxon, Greg Tebbett. They were all there just before I got to Victoria. So, well, with if Archie Henderson there, they were probably a pretty tough team, I would assume. That's, you would have heard I, I some stories. They had some toughness, a little bit of meanness to it. <laughs> um, so, at, off the top, uh, did you watch the uh, NFL game last night, Pittsburgh and uh, Cleveland, Grant? Yeah, I did watch a bit of it. So when you see a guy like Nick Chubb go down, and, I mean, they didn't show the replay because they didn't want to um, show the severity uh, of the injury. As a, as a former elite athlete, what when you see that happen, like just uh, what, what are you thinking about at that point? You know it's bad. 
I mean, I think that's the thing you realize. <clears throat> when a guy like Nick Chubb doesn't get up, then things aren't good. And with knees, especially as a running back, it's it's a tough thing to see. And depending on what the final result is, it could be a lot of rehab in his future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were talking earlier too, I, this is the same knee that it happened to him about eight years ago. So um, it was obviously rebuilt and he had to really go through a lot of rehab and we wish him the very best. Do you Do you remember, like, I mean, everyone talks about the, the Joe Theismann injury. Are there some injuries that you remember off the top of your head that you were kind of, man, boy, this is very, very serious and uh, some of the worst injuries that we've seen in, our, in, in sports? Well, Joe's definitely comes to the top of the list. Um, well, who's the other quarterback that was in Washington as well? Uh, drawing a blank on the name. Duke, Same thing. Duke, Duke's got him on the tip of his tongue. Oh, yeah. The, he's doing commentary right yeah, now. Alex Smith. Alex That's Smith, yes. Um, it, that injury is one that pops to the top of my head. I mean, you see guys, helmet on helmet, collisions mm-hmm. go down. I saw Chris Pronger right in front of me get hit right in the heart with a puck and drop. And mm-hmm. those sort of things get your undivided attention. We showed that uh, because I don't know what it was. It was a couple of years ago when I, I showed that um, when I was working in TV at Global uh, when, with the, the Pronger. When he got the, the slap shot, he just blocked it up top. Take us back to, the, to that part of the game there when you were in St. Louis. Yeah, so Prongs went out to block a shot. I just caught him right in the chest and... He took about four strides and then just dropped. And you never see a one want to see a guy just drop because you're not sure what's going on. I mean, for all of us, that was a new thing to see. I mean, you see, you see knees, you see shoulders, you see guys get cut. That's semi-normal, or at least in an athlete's world, it's normal. Mm-hmm. But you never want to see a guy just drop. And that's the thing that unnerves everybody. We uh, now, yeah, it's ringing a bell. So we showed it exactly after Demar Hamlin for um, Buffalo Bills because it was uh, a situation where it was similar with where you know the heart stopped and things like that. I think that was against Detroit, if I recall now. But um, what about anything else that you can like Clint Malarchuk too? I guess Grant that probably comes back like, to you. Seeing that, I would, I actually switched to a neck collar right after that. Oh, okay. Just because it's one of those things you never expect, and then when you do see it. It's an eye-opener. I mean, it's something that as goalies growing up, you never thought about that. Mm-hmm. You didn't worry about your neck. Yeah, you might catch a puck in the throat, which doesn't feel very good, but you never worried about a skate. Um, so to see it go yeah. down like that, yeah, that's did, a tough one. Did you um, – so you had the neck collar. You never, ever wore that – like the Patrick Waugh plastic thing that, that hung off there, right? No, I talked to Staffy, and yeah. <clears throat> Staffy helped create a call. I used to wear a turtleneck all the time. Well, Staffy came up with the idea to put some ballistic nylon in it. Hmm. So that's kind of how we created what I ended up wearing. What was it like wearing it to start? Very warm. <laughs> it doesn't, you don't breathe that well at the beginning. So it took a little getting used to, but at the same time, it took everything off your mind. You could just play. Well, we uh, talked about this at the start with uh, you, Furzy. We wanted to go back with your teammates uh, from 1988 and just kind of get a, a quick perspective on, well, a long perspective, any, anything you want on on a lot of them. But I'm going to kind of start at the bottom of the list, guys that were maybe here, you know, maybe a shorter time and and maybe guys that were, well, I'm okay, we're going to start like, okay, Dave Hunter. Dave Hunter was on the... 88 team, but then was traded, I believe, mid-season. 
towards the end of the towards season. Towards the end I think. of the season. Okay. Um, Dave Hunter. Thoughts on Dave Hunter? Hunts was great. Hunts was one of the first Oilers that I ever met down at the slow pitch tournament, Niagara Falls, back when they used to have that. So I get to spend a lot of time with Hunts and we ended up living in the same complex over in the south side of Edmonton as well. So with Hunts, Samank, I mean, that was kind of the group that I lived, Gary LaRiviere, we all lived in the same complex. So Mm -hmm. a good veteran to hang around with, but a great player who played to win. And he was, he could play phenomenal defensive hockey and had a little mean streak in him. And pretty good sense of humor. Great sense of humor. Still has a great sense of humor. Yeah, for sure. He's one of the all-time greats. He's one, and I think a lot of guys always gravitate towards Hunts, you know, at, at events because he's got he's got a great heart and he really likes to tell stories and he's, you know, he wants to know how you're doing too. You know what I mean? I don't know. One of, definitely one of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin McClelland. Mac is a beautiful soul. I had Mac as a roommate for seven years. So we, we had a lot of laughs over the year, a lot of fun. I mean, obviously the great prankster and as tough as they come. I mean, he was probably a middleweight, but loved to fight the heavyweights. And it's just something that he enjoyed for some reason. I mean, that It takes a special talent to do that. Mm-hmm. What was uh, your relationship as, as kind of roommates? How, how, how did that uh, work out? Oh, we had a ball. I and mean, there are lots of practical jokes. And we had, we had a lot of fun with each other and a lot of fun with some of the other guys. He was a great guy to hang around with. Craig Muni. Munes. There's a name I haven't heard for a while. Okay. I spent a lot of time hanging out with him as well. Hey, Craig Muni's that unsung defenseman who played great defense and was a physical presence that people didn't think about. So you cut across the middle, then there's a good chance you might lose a knee on your way across. But Munes has a physical presence, and he made people keep their head up coming across. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Carius, Grant Fear, we're just kind of going over the Oilers Stanley Cup championship team in 1988, um, discussing quick little, I guess, bullet points on a lot of Grant's former teammates. Um, Jeff Bukaboom. Book is awesome. Great big, tall defenseman, a tough kid. And we were lucky if we had him and Steve Smith together. I mean, mm-hmm. you got two young, talented guys that are both big physical defensemen. And Book is your basic stay-at-home defenseman. Not a big offensive talent, but one of those guys that goalies like to have around. Um, Dave Hannon. How about that one? Davey Hannon. There's another yeah. blast in the past. Okay. Hannon was a good – he's like Davey Hunter. He's a good defensive forward. And you could play him – on any of your bottom three lines, that second, third, fourth line, he fit in all those aspects. And if you needed a good penalty killer, Davey was your guy. Um, so you played 75 games that year. I mean, it's amazing. A little exercise. 75, no wonder you. I mean, you, you were in better shape than Norm, let's be honest here. <laughs> um, uh, Bill Ranford and would have been, well, and Daryl Ray. Uh, and you also had Warren Skrodensky in goal. So let's just go Bill Ranford first. Billy was awesome. Billy was a great partner and very talented. I mean, we got Billy later in the year that year from Boston, I believe. And he came in and he played great. I mean, that's the one thing about Billy. Billy was a battler and a competitor and very talented at it. Mm-hmm. And was fun to have around. Daryl Ray. Razor was the comedian. It should have been a stand-up comedian. He's yeah. one of the funniest people I know. And he's turned into a fabulous TV commentator for the Dallas Stars now. He's been there for a long time. Very popular guy, for sure. 
Um, oh, yeah, he's been there forever. He has been, yeah. Um, now, the other guy that played a few games that year, uh, Warren Skrodinski, Skorl. I did. A, I was lucky enough to do a charity event with him, I believe, in Hinton. Um, good guy, like really good guy. But he, he, was, he was just here a short time, but he was around the league a long time. Yeah, I played actually played against Skorl. Skorl was in Calgary for a little bit when I was in junior. It was mm-hmm. his last year. And then he was in Chicago for a while, and then we got him in Edmonton. Maybe, uh, maybe my favorite, one of my favorite masks of all time. Okay, what was it like? He had, he had the skull. Oh yeah, okay, right. Um, any other favorite masks? Who did you like in the league at that time? Uh, you know what? I've always been a big fan of masks. I love Gilles Bertans. He had the big lion. I love Tony Esposito's. Uh, Dryden's pretzel mask was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do we see there? Like Jilly Malosh had one when he was with uh, the Cleveland Barons that was pretty cool. So there, there's still been a lot of great masks over the years. John Garrett had lots of good ones, didn't he? Johnny had the good one. Johnny had the, uh, I'm not sure what it looked like when he was with the Birmingham Bulls. Okay. He had the kind of a bowl. It was actually pretty cool. Um, Jerry Cheevers, did you like that one? Yeah, that's that's the classic original. Um, you gotta was, love the stitches. People yeah. don't realize how often you get hit in the face. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that people don't understand is it's not just pucks; it's sticks, it's skates. You get clipped in the face probably eight or ten times a game. Um, over your career, what was the worst uh, kind of shot you took to the melon? Do you remember? Or some? Uh, I, get, I get drilled by Willie Platt one night from the goal line. He hit me right between the eyes. So early on, the the, um, the padding inside was just basically those little foam pads, right? I had one piece of foam that went down the bridge of my nose. That was it. Okay. The rest of it's your face. That's the padding. <laughs> so when you took one, I mean, I guess it helped a little bit, but I mean, still. So d- did you ever have like pressure cuts inside and things like that? No, I was fortunate enough. Greg Harrison did a great job of making the mask. Mm-hmm. But it's basically if you put a football helmet on and somebody hits you over the head with a baseball bat, it's it's about that comfortable. The uh, only reason the masks were made was so you wouldn't get cut. Yeah, cool. Uh, text comes in at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Dave Hunter is an absolute beauty. He was good friends with my grandfather Norm Swinside, and he brought me around the dressing room in the nineties to meet all the players and Joey Moss. He went out of his way to make sure I got that experience. He even took me out to the Coliseum Inn beforehand. Uh, yeah, again, Davy Hunter. Well, Coliseum Inn. You guys, you get used to frequent that place a little bit. We may have stopped in there once or twice. <laughs> a day. <laughs> uh, lots of good texts coming in. Uh, great show. Can you ask Mister Fear's favorite uh, Joey Moss memory? What it would be? Uh, thanks. Uh, so, favorite, I, mean, man, I got a lot, a lot of great memories of Joey. We could I mean, have I a think whole- every day. I walk, every day I walk in the rink, yeah. and Joey's there to greet you. I think. It makes your day. I think that was the beauty of it, is you love seeing Joey every day. I mean, you'd have fun. He'd be vacuuming the floor, and you'd have your stuff laid out, and he'd just boot it out of the way and vacuum away. And Marty would keep unplugging his vacuum. <laughs> Marty, Marty used to torment him, and he'd get upset with Marty, and then him and Marty would end up wrestling around. And I don't think people realize how strong Joey was. Did he... Um... Yeah, very strong. And I think the wrestling kind of, we all heard about it later. I mean, with because I think WWF started going bananas and Joey really got into all that with, uh, you know, they had the the ring at Smitty's house and things like that. But, I mean, 
did he really enjoy that? Did, did he really enjoy that wrestling aspect in the early eighties with you guys? Oh yeah. I mean, he loved wrestling around with Marty and some of the guys, but no, Joey was a huge part of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, that vacuum cleaner, I mean, Mike York used to do it. All, a lot of guys seemed to get passed on and uh, Joey seemed to always just take it in, in stride. Um, he always cooled it down to for, for you guys. Like it just put everything into perspective. If things were going bad, he helped you out in that sense. Oh, definitely. I mean, he kept, kept everybody level-headed. I think that's the great thing. You could have a bad day. Joey would be the first guy there in the morning to say hi to you. And, so you, you, yeah. couldn't, you couldn't help but smile. Um, and I mean, the way that, you know, like Sparky and, uh, you know, Dwayne Mandruzic and, you know, they just took him into their homes and, and, you know, I mean, it was just amazing the relationship. And I mean, I think end of the month here is, uh, he, they'll have a thing for his birthday and everything again. It's, it's a neat, uh, a neat time for sure. Uh, a couple more off that 88 team, uh, Essa taken in. Tiki. Tiki was my next door neighbor. So we, we spent a lot of time hanging out with Essa and I still talk to him here every couple of months. He's, he's a one of a kind. I mean, anybody that's ever talked to him realizes that he blends three languages together. So mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the more excited, the more excited he gets, the worse it gets. Yes, exactly. For sure. Um, I'm going to, we're going to go over these again. Some, uh, some other guys over the course of your career, I think it's neat to get their perspective. And again, uh, everyone speaks so glowingly of you, Grant. And I think it's the same thing, a great teammate. And, and we appreciate your insight and stuff like that. So, and, and it, the comments that we've had, Grant, have been just phenomenal. They really enjoy your storytelling, really enjoy, again, like uh, with, with Norm today, with Kelly last week and, and Charlie. Uh, so we're going to continue to bring in, uh, you know, former teammates and things like that. hope you enjoy it as well. I do. It's fun to catch up with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to all our guests today. Uh, David Alter from the Hockey News at uh, 720. We had him in talking uh, all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Mark Spector on the mark, powered by Booster Juice. Uh, our daily headliner of the day, Frank Cervelli for the, from the Daily Faceoff for uh, Mr. Reuter. Keep an eye on those taps. Get those taps. Check Duke. Got to be in charge of that. Uh, uh, thanks to Grant uh, for coming in our co-host every Tuesday Carmen DeFalco ESPN 1000 under Chicago then Norm Lacombe a former teammate of Grant's and Jeff Fletcher from OC Register coming up at uh, oh in about seven minutes what do we got going the former Roshep T-Bird Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn. Brandon Douglas coming up with uh, Fantasy Frenzy at the uh, top of the hour at noon. Low down with low tide till 2 o'clock. And then um, at 2 o'clock, Jason Greger will uh, take you home. We'll uh, hook up with our Wednesday co-host tomorrow, David Schlemko. I'm sure he's got a lot to say. He was very good last week, Grant, because all of this Paul Bissonette uh, stuff was breaking and and, uh, Schlemko and Bissonette were teammates. And I'm sure we'll have a a lot to talk about that. So, uh, Grant, thanks very much. Uh, enjoy the next uh, uh, couple of days in the weekend and we'll talk to you on uh, Tuesday. We'll see you soon. All right, that's uh, my co-host on Tuesdays, uh, Grant Fuhrer. Up next, uh, a sports update with the Duke. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day.